All right, get ready to rekindle the sacred fire of liberty today with my good friends Jonathan E. Mord, as we do each and every Thursday, with rare exception. And I'm excited about the things we've got to talk about. The recession that cannot be named or, or defined. I think about the inability to acknowledge the numbers that used to be, it meant something. Now it doesn't mean anything. We'll find out about that. Thanks to the brilliant Biden. As well as a fact check, if you were to say, the preponderance, and I'm talking over 90% of all the mass shootings that have occurred, do they occur in zones where there are already a lot of guns or no guns at all? I'll let you ponder on that. We'll cover that. Also, hour two, Dr. David King, our good buddy, he's running for uh, lieutenant governor in Wisconsin, and I've endorsed him. Great guy, constitutional guy. He's also a preacher man. He's He speaks the word of God, too. We love that. And uh, we'll revisit, see how that campaign is going there up in Wisconsin, if they can get some real constitutionally, uh, let's say, oriented people in. And we have a big question of the day about thyroid issues. A big one. I'm not kidding. A big one. So stand by for that and a whole lot more. RobertScabell.com slash listen. Tell your friends. Bring them on over. There's the chat room. We'll see you there in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, let's let's start that now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. And the Inflation Reduction Act will add another $370 billion in clean energy tax credits in reconciliation, including incentives to accelerate domestic production of solar panels, wind turbines, batteries, and critical materials processing. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> In the meantime, as he walks away from any questions, uh, no consideration for the fact that you put all of this uh, incentive for wind turbines and solar energy, despite the fact that it's destroying the environment and ripping the rare earth metals out and leaving gaping wounds on the planet. And yet all of those electric cars that they want to see on the uh, highways that don't get very far without recharging can't recharge because there's no oil or coal anymore because biden has sold it off all to china to basically create the energy that can charge your tesla for instance buffoonery is an understatement they can't even tell you what a recession is but here to define things as they actually are constitutional attorney my good friend the fda dragon slayer jonathan e Mord talking some sense in this insane, nonsensical Biden administration. So this is the build China better bill. Uh, <laughs> build China better. It is. It's uh, furthering the massive transfer of wealth from the United States to China by maintaining the climate change, the Green New Deal agenda, shutting down domestic oil and gas production by and large, doing nothing to change that, uh, substantively, and yet massively expanding expenditures, over $300 billion mm -hmm. uh, going for um, solar and wind, which is to the direct benefit of communist China. So this is all in line with the compromised president who's really a lapdog for the communist Chinese by virtue of every substantive action that he's taken, mm -hmm. dismantled Trump's defenses, uh, the China initiative, which was designed 
for DOJ to ferret out Chinese spies in this country. He shut that down. He has shut down every major, every major activity that was undertaken by Trump to block the Chinese from stealing our intellectual property rights. Yeah. Take a look at the whole thing. I mean, he, he killed the China initiative, like I mentioned. He also terminated Trump's ban on the CCP surveillance through WeChat and TikTok. And then he gave uh, licenses to Huawei just recently to enable them to dominate the auto chip market. Uh, and he's also, of course, uh, sold millions now, millions of barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China, uh, inexplicably, except to the extent that that helps pay back the Chinese for giving over $4.8 million to his son and actually him uh, through their influence peddling campaign, whereby the Chinese Energy Fund Committee gave that, wired that into Hunter Biden's account. Joe Biden benefited from that as well because out of these accounts, his own expenses were paid. Where, where, do you, where do you see in terms of justice here? Because there's no justice occurring currently, allowing this president, his family, to basically prop up China as they propped him up. And strategic oil reserves, when were they ever about being given over to an enemy? I, I just can't. Where's the outrage in any media outlet other than a few outlets? And, and of course, what we do here. No one's covering it. And uh, it's a real tragedy because, as you're pointing out, uh, the very purpose of strategic oil, uh, petroleum reserve is to ensure that we have uh, substantial reserve in the event of an emergency whereby our own national defenses or national security was at stake. He's imperiling our national security. Uh, wittingly by selling this off to the Chinese and our arch enemy. But he's done so many things that have benefited the Chinese. I mean, let's let's face it, we have a real problem. We're inundated with Chinese spies in this country. Every Chinese citizen is under an obligation, a legal obligation, uh, from the Ministry of State in uh, uh, Secrets in China, security in China, to uh, come to work with state intelligence and gather intelligence on industry, government, the military, whenever they're abroad. And when they come back home, they have to be debriefed and, and prove that they've acquired the information that they've been asked to acquire, which they're also required to provide back to China whenever requested while they're here. Mm -hmm. So we have a massive espionage effort underway right now in the United States that poses a direct and substantial threat to our survival. State secrets are not the only thing being stolen. The Chinese are stealing, of course, trade secrets and intellectual property, but they're also stealing from all manner of businesses, small businesses all the way to enormous uh, businesses. They, they show no discrimination as to what uh, they uh, will deal with. They're really pillaging our whole country. And Biden is far from posing an impediment to that. He's essentially rolling out, if I may say, the red carpet to red China. Uh, and uh, this is all apparently a payback uh, for the money that he, his family has benefited from, from the Chinese over the years. So he's a compromised man. He's an enemy of the United States in his actions. And this is just another example, this massive $433 billion climate and energy bill that Manchin folded into. I can't believe that he did that 
I know he's a Democrat, but he had shown himself until just now to be somebody who had at least some scruples. He's he's abandoned those under the pressure that came from Schumer uh, and the, the far left of the Democrat Party. He's given in, and this is going to really hurt us. This is going to ratchet up inflation. By 2024, when Biden is ready to sail out into oblivion, uh, that uh, that this country is going to be so absolutely overwhelmed by inflation because the inflation that's happening now, Robert, would have had to have been addressed before now in order for it to be alleviated. Instead of addressing it, he's thrown fuel on the fire and we're going to see that fire burning as brightly as it ever has in 2024 when inflation is going to be an absolute tsunami washing away people in, in many parts of the economy. I mean, upwards of 15%, I would not be surprised, will be impoverished by 2024, incapable of surviving uh, without federal assistance and state assistance, and in a situation where they're not going to be able to even then mm-hmm. afford enough groceries to last a month or afford to pay for, uh, likely, gas prices. But even if gas prices come down, which is not likely, but even if they were to come down, even if, for example, they do open up the spigots a little bit more. Uh, it's, it's it's just not enough unless no. they massively reduce regulation and allow for a huge upsurge in production, rapid upsurge in production. I was thinking about how to not be doomy and gloomy about the reality of the Biden administration, what they're doing. And it's uh, granted it's difficult, but at the same time, how do we minimize our reliance on federal bureaucracies that actually limit our ability to innovate in an economy that's tanking because of all of the interventions in it, not because of the freedom that they're, you know, rekindling? You know, this is where at least Trump was attempting to do some good uh, regarding some of the bureaucratic state and rolling back some of the regulations. But I was thinking of, you know, the idea of, again, going local and hyper local. A disconnecting from our dependence on things that are farther and farther and farther away from us, including the District of Criminals, you know, D.C. Now, could things change at the midterms? Could, let's say, the Republicans take over the House and the Senate? And would they actually actually not just pretend actually go after this in a way in a meaningful way? Of course, the concern I have then, as we all do, if uh, I can't imagine how Biden makes it through four years, I just can't see it at this point. But then again, we look at Kamala uh, Kalimar going, I'm wearing a mask, we're distance, and I'm wearing a blue whatever, and my pronouns are she, her, and I'm like, this is just, I, I mean, our enemies are just, it, it, we're laughing stocks that this has happened, that we allowed this to happen, that it's still persisting. It's like, will the Republicans this time actually do something about it? Uh, do we have enough that are actually invested in realizing what's happening as opposed to playing political football and just pretend that you're going to do something different? The problem is that Republicans will take the House and Senate if we're lucky, and that will put a break on legislation, but it's going to have no effect on Biden resorting to the abusive use of executive orders Mm. and the administrative state to implement the laws that he should constitutionally bring through Congress. So he's going to veto legislation that's passed by the House and Senate Only if those vetoes are overridden are we going to see substantive change. Even then, we've got the problem of the undermining effect 
of a very far left federal bureaucracy that is going to take any conservative piece of legislation, for example, legislation to open up the spigots and allow for massive increase in domestic oil production uh, to, to alleviate gas prices, the bureaucrats are going to stand in the way of that. Even when you pass federal legislation, they will stand in the way of it at EPA uh, and, and they will act like their own legislative bodies. They will undermine every move in that direction. The solution lies in changing the White House, but not just changing the White House in really ending the administrative state and effectively restoring the power of Congress. As you know, many years ago, I wrote a bill for Ron Paul called the Congressional Responsibility and Accountability Act, and that would have restored the balance of power and would have required Congress to be the sole source of making the laws, Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution provides. What it would do is any, any uh, regulation that an agency promulgated would only be proposed and would not be capable of being implemented unless it was passed into law and signed by the president. In other words, unless it became a law in the way in which the founding fathers. That would be such a sweet act to have passed. But of course, Ron Paul was the guy who championed it. I don't know how many of anybody else, Republican or otherwise, even signed on to that as a possibility because it would shut down the unlimited, unbridled, cancerous growth of the federal government and start reverting back to uh, a government that just tries to basically not engage in, like, say, picking winners and losers like we've seen, but being a watchdog, if you will, an arbiter and defend freedom as opposed to violate it. But I'll tell you this bill, Robert, what the the aspect of it that people are not focusing on, but they should, Mm -hmm. is the empowerment of communist China achieved through this bill. Schumer was instrumental in altering the content of the bill so that the Chinese could actually profit from the bill. And uh, it's just part and parcel of this massive campaign of just total betrayal of the United States that many Democrats have hopped onto and that Schumer is a real champion of. He is a real threat to our survival because he is willing to hand over the Mm -hmm. keys of the kingdom to the communist Chinese, just as Biden is. It is, and the real story underlying this is a movement to empower the Chinese to destroy the United States, which is actually happening. Their espionage in this country is extraordinary. It is so extraordinary. It's unbelievable the extent to which they have drained us of resources, intelligence, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, vital military secrets. Well, I mean, we become we become weakened over generations now and decades because what have we done? We've exported inflation, if you will, uh, to, for instance, China, where they have basically slave labor wages that make their ability to produce products that we wanted fractions of a penny compared to what it would cost to produce here. And we, you know, again, this is where I say we the people are also played a role in this unbeknownst to most people because they didn't understand the economic implications of continually propping up the Chinese communist government with the, you know, sending the money, the dollars over there that what are they doing with it now? They are buying up land here in the United States, around the country, Central America, everywhere and creating the dominant, becoming the dominant influence where America has become weakened in that context. Because not only buying up the land in the West and in Florida and around the country, uh, but they're also buying businesses. They're mm-hmm. buying uh, stakes in all manner of American enterprise. They're they're becoming like a a a worm in the wood. 
I mean, they are borrowing through the precious tissue that defines what we are and, um, and they mean to destroy us and we're allowing them to do that. That's what's so extraordinary. It's we are allowing them. And it's not with the Biden administration. It's not only just not doing something, it's actually helping them, which is yeah. absolutely, you know, disgusting when you think about the betrayal that's taking place. So well, people, if you love this country, I mean, if you love this country, you have got to get these rascals out. You've got to take advantage of the midterms, because if you want to live in a country where you can live, where you can afford to live, yeah. And where your future for your children is going to be one of prosperity and freedom rather than uh, a destruction of freedom and a and and really servility to the state, you 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 have to take advantage of it. This is a pivotal moment. It, it really is. I mean, I know we've experienced these pivotal moments in the past, but this is so huge. If we don't succeed, if actually the Democrats control the House and the Senate after 2022, mm-hmm. Well, it's it's pretty much Katie bar the door for a lot of this stuff because we're going to slide into a situation where the private sector is going to falter. Government is increasingly going to take it over and we're going to be slaves to the state. We'll be pretty much like Venezuela if we continue on that path. Well, that's why I say you got to uncouple from your dependence on it and recognize that everything they take from you will not be used for your benefit, but will use to basically enslave you or. Uh, enslave your children and grandchildren to this debt that can never actually be repaid mathematically. Now with the uh, Fed raising another three quarters of points, I don't know how long they can maintain that like they did back in the day when Carter was president and then uh, Reagan took over and we had, you know, double digit, uh, it was what, 18%. uh, uh, I just remember that time they called it stagflation as well. Uh, but at the same time, they didn't have the, the debt that we have today that we're carrying and the servicing on the debt with that level of interest would rush in the demise of the United States inability to service its own debt, so to speak. Well, now, the G- time we're having this credit crunch, uh, mm-hmm. we're having, which is intended by the Fed, we're having a uh, reduction in GDP for another month. We get another drop in GDP. We're in the negative GDP territory now for two months. We're really in a recession. They won't admit it, but we really are in a recession. And what we're looking at is the very scenario of stagflation. Mm-hmm. We're looking at, at, at a not too distant prospect of increasing unemployment and, and increasing inflation simultaneously hitting us into a torrent where it's kind of a cascading fall where we really have a very hard time coming out of it. And, and if they pass this bill and they do raise taxes the way they're talking about and they increase spending by $433 billion, inflation is going to go nuts. But not only that, unemployment is going to tick up substantially because you take out that money that is necessary for employment in this country, which is what they intend to do. You're just going to cause unemployment from that. But yeah. in addition, uh, you're going to cause those unemployed people to suffer like they would not have ever suffered because government benefits will not keep up with the cost of inflation, inflated goods and services. So they're going to suffer like never right. before. We're well, going to see by 2024. If, I mean, anybody right that's all. Jonathan, anybody that's on what they call a fixed income because they're retired, getting whatever social security, they know what's happening here. In fact, um, you know, for them not to claim that this is a recession, 
because of redefining or moving the goalposts. I mean, Janet Yellen was claimed to have said, uh, Super Don brought that my attention, that household, uh, whatever is still strong. Household, let me see what the statement was. Household finances remain strong. Consumers yeah. are spending and businesses are growing. Uh, I, I don't know uh, about the, uh, I mean, I guess you could find any business, even within recessions, there's some that have, uh, let's say vitally important services or goods that will be fine, maybe even do well in those, in those times, but the vast majority do not. And so the question is, what is it of value that you have in terms of your abilities or, or products that are going to be necessary in a downturn? And I, I ask people to think about that as far as redirecting their energies or modifying their business practices now based on what's happening. Uh, if they won't admit that it's a recession, well, why should we be surprised? They won't even define what a woman is anymore. So how would they be able to define a recession? They want plausible they deniability. Rewrite, they rewrite American history. I mean, yeah. they're rewriting everything to favor mm. them. That's the Marxist way, isn't it? That's the Bolshevik way. You yeah. look at the bad things. You never admit the famine that was caused by your mass migration that was forced. You instead just say, oh, well, we have a more prosperous state. Everyone has improved. Their lives are better because of a communist regime. Meanwhile, everybody's poor, everybody's starving, and everybody's sick of, of being uh, treated like a slave. Mm. Nonetheless, the leaders crow about how great it is. That's the story. And that's and so Biden's in this narrative mode just like that, where he talks about how great everything is when everything is terrible. I mean, the technical definition of a, of a recession uh, may not have been met, but everybody knows we're in a recession. And and. A few months from now, maybe six months from now, officials will start admitting, oh, gee, we actually began the recession uh, back then. Mm -hmm. But the American people feel it. We know that we're in a downward spiral. We know yeah. that things are, are getting worse. And it doesn't have to be this way because, I mean, we could solve this in a heartbeat if we just dramatically took the steps necessary to get government out of the way. Mm -hmm. That's the whole problem. I mean, if we yeah. just opened up the spigots for oil and gas, gas prices would drop it would mm -hmm. not drop immediately it would somewhat but it would drop over the course of a month or two significantly and that would help reverse the inflationary trends at the same time if you knocked out these regulations and you cut taxes mm -hmm. not raise them cut them on individuals and businesses you'd have a supply side boom and that would offset inflation and then you'd have a return to low or no inflation in a, in a relatively short period of time. Instead, they're doing the opposite. They're increasing regulation. They're, they're actually stifling and, and destroying energy markets. And you they're putting us into an unaffordable energy regime of solar and wind. And you know what, Robert? Mm -hmm. This whole push by Buttigieg for everybody to buy an electric car, is yeah. he out of his mind? Most people can't afford an electric car. If they could afford an electric car, they'd be foolish to buy one. Mm -hmm. I mean, buying an electric car is a stupid investment. It's a waste of money. You're going to end up with a car that doesn't work for more than 10 years if it works for 10 years. And then you're going to, it has no resale value. And you've got cars that are exploding because of those lithium batteries. They're actually catching on fire. But in addition to that, where are all the stations necessary to charge the thing? Not only that, if you put the thing in your house and you charge it in your house, your electric bill will go absolutely through mm -hmm. the roof because yeah. your cost of electricity is going to be triple or quadruple what it is each month. So how are people going to be able to afford the electric car that you say everyone has to have? Mm -hmm. And then how are, how are they going to be able, if they buy it, to keep it uh, charged? And then how are they going to 
suffer the financial loss of a dead end investment where they can't resell their car. And that's, you know, this is an uneconomic, a forced mm -hmm. uneconomic practice. This is not our best and highest use in the energy area. That really is defined by natural gas and nuclear. That is our best and highest use. It is not defined by relying on intermittent and unreliable energy sources, which are just going to cause blackouts. They're going to cause people to, to lose huge amounts of money. Businesses that depend day to day on a, a, a reliable energy source, which is virtually every business, they're going to suffer enormous financial losses as this transition takes place. You watch over the course of the next several months, you're going to see more and more blackouts because the federal government is already working with the states to squeeze out of existence as much as possible fossil fuels in favor of windmills and solar. And it's a total disaster, an uneconomic move. The marketplace would never tolerate this. Nobody wants unreliable energy, but that's where we're going. And Europe already has fallen on its face because of this forced move, and they're retreating from it. Did we learn anything from Europe? No. The Green New Deal people are zealots. They're like religious zealots with no compunction whatsoever to uh, affect any sense of reality. They're off on another planet. They're on a planet where we're going to end up uh, living like cavemen and cave women. We're not going to be able to have... Uh, we're, not gonna, we're not going to be able to have... Uh, we're going to be freezing in the wintertime. We're going to be burning in the summertime. We're going to have no ability to move and anywhere. And we're not even going to have cows to eat. Well, and it's just the way they want it. It's just the way they want it. I have come to the conclusion without any wiggle room anymore, Jonathan, that they are intending this. This is not an accident. You can't say that they're this incompetent because everybody knows what this is leading to or witnessing it, like the slow motion train wreck, although it's accelerating. And I had Jerome Corsi on, PhD, uh, educated out of Harvard. And he has a new book on, you know, the hoax of uh, uh, climate change, global warming, et cetera. And we had a great discussion. We're going to do a part two on it. It was so good. And inevitably, what they're trying to do is reduce the population on planet Earth. This is a depopulation agenda, Jonathan. I'm convinced of it at this point because that's the end result. If you stop providing for the free market's ability to innovate and come up with the meeting the needs of people like heating their home in the winter, cooling it in the summer, transportation that is affordable, which is not with the electrical grid that can't even sustain what we have today in certain regions. You know, when you talk about the, the number of Teslas they got in California, they can't even charge them. They say, hey, don't charge them at this time of the day. And, they, they, and Buttigieg says everybody should be owning one and getting one. Nobody's going to be able to charge it because they're, they're having to burn more coal for electricity just to keep up with the grid demands right now. And they're saying no more coal and no, on and on it goes. So the end result is a conclusion that I have that these people want to reduce the population of planet Earth. And I said this the other day, and I'm going to say it again. If you're so anxious to reduce global population, why don't you start with yourself? And I'm not talking to anybody here in this audience, but you know what I'm saying? They're willing to kill us. But, but well, if you think it's that important, go ahead and volunteer. And then we might be better off for that. And that's not me advocating suicide, but I have to bring that up because this is the end result of destroying the economies of the world, much less the United States economy. It's abject poverty, more, more infection, death, destruction. And this is not a happy future. And I don't want to set that in stone as I'm saying it. I believe we're going to course correct because there's a limit to this garbage that we're going to put up with. And we put up with a lot because we've had an easy life, relatively speaking, in the West, in America. 
We didn't have real challenges in terms of being in, living in war-torn regions where we had to fight for every scrap and fight for our liberty the way our founders did going way back when, really uh, addressing the tyranny that they warned us about, which is much more tyrannical than even King George at that time. The solution lies in freedom. The answer lies in freedom, not more government, not more regulation, not more intervention in our own lives. And that's becoming clearer to some. And we'll see what happens with this next round of elections midterm. But even if it does get worse, we can still find a way to prosper despite despite these yo-yos that have a, a, a death wish on, on us all. I agree with you, Robert. I think that the public has uh, awakened to the reality of socialism, that people realize ever increasingly that uh, they are better left at the, to their own devices. They're better left with freedom than they are in a state where the government decides what your problems are and the government tells you how those problems will be solved. And if they aren't solved, that's your problem. It doesn't matter. And, you know, living a life of slavery, whether you are a slave to an individual or the state, is a miserable existence. And being force fed this swill of government uh, run riot, like we have been the last year and a half with Biden, is causing people to regurgitate it because they're realizing, look, I don't want to live where I'm forced to be masked. I don't want to live where I'm forced to be vaccinated. I don't want to live where I have no choice about what kind of energy I rely upon to, to heat my house or cool my house. Uh, I want to be free. I want to have choices. I want to be able to decide for myself what's in my own best interest, not be told by a president of the United States that I'm an idiot because I intelligently chose not to be vaccinated. Now you see the lies coming out, lie after lie after lie, told by the Biden administration, told by Fauci on vaccination. They won't even admit that these people are so uh, arrogant and so condescending. They won't even admit error when they've made an overt false statement to the American people. They do not apologize. And the reason is they think they're entitled. They think they're entitled to rule and that we have to take what we get. They're more like Marie Antoinette than they are like uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Marquis de Lafayette. There's no comparison with the freedom lovers like Lafayette and these people. These people hate freedom. They hate the Constitution. They hate the Bill of Rights. They don't believe in individual liberty. They don't believe in rights. They believe in collectivism. They believe in controlling people. They mm -hmm. believe in directing the economy. They think that they, it doesn't matter that they haven't a single scruple amongst all of them in the Biden administration about business, having no experience in business. They don't care about that. The reason why they don't care is they think it doesn't matter. They think that they can discern from their brilliance what's best for the American economy and American individuals. And then they just expect all of us to follow in lockstep. And if it results in our ruination, they couldn't care less as long as they personally profit from it. So Biden is, is happy to sell the whole country down the river. Uh, and it's a Chinese river, by the way, sell the whole country down the river as long as he profits and his family profits. He doesn't care the consequences mm -hmm. to the rest of us. He does not love America. He does not love the American people. Anyone who did would not do what he's doing with the borders, would not allow the cities to collapse in crime, would not allow inflation to run rampant would not allow gas prices to go up because of a stupid decision to shut down domestic oil and gas production. He is a person 
who, who values himself and values his family above the nation. He's not willing to sacrifice for the nation. And his whole history is really proof of that. Yeah. So it's high time that we realize that and recognize that we need people who love this country and are willing to sacrifice in office for the benefit of the people of the United States. And, and one other thing to add to that, Jonathan, the, the what we call the mainstream or legacy media, little or no actual reporting going on. And this has been going on for a long time, but it's become more obvious. They have no concern at all for the demise of the country that they claim at least you know, a first amendment set them up to be able to do what they do. Yet the fact that they are not reporting on this, acknowledging it with very rare exception tells you folks, anybody that's still listening to the mainstream media, the legacy news, um, they're, they're, they're plugged into that proverbial matrix and they may not be able to see what's happening around them until it's too late. And I want to be able to help people, but if they're not willing to help themselves or see reality as we're describing it here and, and, and let you know, um, We've got to find ways to shore it up and connect with each other, as I said, locally and do better because we know better here. Uh, Jonathan, I'm going to ask you in a moment about what you think <clears throat> Trump, if anything, has learned from his first four years. If he's running again, as you say, uh, that he wouldn't make certain things that I, I would claim are either mistakes or just you know bad decisions that he made. Uh, and I want to speculate on that with you in a moment. But I, I do want to acknowledge we've got some upcoming events also uh, saying thank you to uh, those that support us and this message of health, freedom and healing liberty. And many of you that are patron supporters, you enjoy the AMAs that we have. And um, uh, we've also got an extension. I think Super Don helped to arrange this, but that advanced daily cellular detox, the clean zeolite that we're using now, uh, $5. Uh, that deal is available until the 31st of July, midnight Eastern time U.S. So if you're in England listening on UK Health Radio, you still have time. They will ship it five bucks, all inclusive. If you're in Canada, five bucks, all inclusive. If you're in Can uh, Australia, New Zealand, you can take advantage of this deal. And there's a link in the show notes, as well as on the Robert Scott Bell show page. There's a banner for that. Also, uh, for those of you in the summer months in the Northern hemisphere dealing with bugs and you don't want to poison your environment, you can use delimiting from the orange peel. And that is done by orange guard. And you can get that at your local ACE hardware store, orangeguard.com directly. And uh, I utilize it around wherever I need to, even among my organically growing foods, like in my greenhouse. So uh, this is a wonderful tool that is not poisoning the environment. It's not talking. That's innovation in a free market. Somebody came up with this idea and said, hey, nature does it better or as well. And we don't have to poison people. And he even went through the EPA to get it registered as a pesticide. That's cool. So orangeguard.com. Also, upcoming events, uh, August 6th, Saturday. That's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Sheraton Pittsburgh Hotel, 300 West Station, West Square Station, Station Square Drive. I don't know. I, have, I can't say that right, but I'll, I'll see you there. <laughs> Those of you who've gotten, I think it's sold out, but you can watch online. I'll be there with Tracy Strout. I will be there with Judy Mikovits, Len Brankowitz, and Jamie Dorley from Nutritional Frontiers. Thank you to Nutritional Frontiers, CBDNF.com as well for their organic, certified organic, U.S. grown hemp CBD products, which are awesome. And then we have the Health Freedom Expo, of course, coming up the middle of October. And that is uh, something that Jonathan E. Moore doesn't miss. I don't miss. We're going to be there. 15th and 16th, Tinley Park outside of Chicago. As I say, far enough outside of Chicago, you'll feel okay being there. We had a great time last year. No masks were worn. We're not going to wear masks again. And uh, that's a great reunion time. And uh, Jonathan, you're already working on your talk for the next Health Freedom Expo. You kind of have an idea where you're going with it. 
It's all in my head, Robert. I know you got it all. You can just, in fact, I could put you on stage right now. You've got to talk ready. I know. I know you, we can do that. Uh, so here's my question about moving forward. If Trump is running again, as you say, and it seems to be, there's a lot of things we can look back and go, dude, you were duped. And Trump's ego doesn't allow him to believe he was duped. But look, he put Fauci in charge. He listened to Fauci. He listened to Burks, who now acknowledged that she was lying and stretching the truth and manipulating Trump. That's a that's a not good place for somebody that's very egocentric in that context. And I know Trump does love the country. He is someone that is an America first or in that context, that's good. But it's, you know, every one of us is vulnerable. You know, it's like our egos can get in the way of stuff. And I'm just wondering, has he learned? Because he still wants to go out there and pride himself on warp speed, which I now look at. I could have predicted this, but I'll just acknowledge we learned over time. The jabs are disasters. They are not helpful They're If anything, they are harmful and devastatingly so. So can his ego get out of the way to do the good things we'd like for him to do? Well, I'm not really one to criticize Donald Trump, given his extraordinarily beneficial track record. I don't think that there is a president in modern times who's accomplished more for the United States than Donald Trump. He saved the economy. He dealt with this crisis with rapidity and with strength. Uh, and the problem is that he wasn't there in the, in the second term. And I know full well, he never would have imposed the mandates. He's made that very clear to a number of people. And he w would not impose yeah. them now. No, I and I agree uh, with that. Believe me. I, and the reason I bring this up is your freedom of choice. Uh, all yeah. I want to say about Donald Trump is that this man was a bull in a government China closet at a time when we <laughs> needed that yeah. China closet to experience some broken glass. Mm -hmm. And he was not afraid to do that. He showed his courage. And of all things, Donald Trump loves this country. He really does. He loves the American people. He loves freedom. He wants this nation to be the greatest nation on earth. He really does believe in America first, and he never would have sold out this country like Biden has on both the domestic and international fronts. I've said this too. I don't think that uh, Putin, Putin would, I don't think Putin would have invaded Ukraine if, no. if Trump were president. So there are a lot of things that would have been different that I could argue as well as you would be a lot yeah. better right now. I agree. Uh, but I, as I said, I have to be willing to look at some of those areas where I'd say I'd love for him to be better, right? To see that and not get duped again by the medical establishment controlled by the pharmaceutical interests that have made money hand over fist at the price of our health. That's not well, just started with Trump. You know, that happened long ago, picture, but in the yeah. big picture, Trump insisted and Congress would not go along with the idea of draining the swamp. I mean, the whole idea that Trump had of eliminating the bureaucracy, substantially reducing the bureaucracy, met a brick wall when it came to the Democrat Congress. Had he had his wish, had there been a, a transformation in the way in which the government operated, the corruption that you see in Fauci and you see in Burks and you see in the, the people underneath uh, the HHS secretary in FDA, for example, would have been dealt with differently and would have been dealt with in a way that would not have led to false information rising to the president. I mean, the whole country was deceived by Fauci, was deceived by Burks. 
But those were words from their mouths to the public in those weekly meetings. And they intentionally calculated that deception. Everything from making people think that if they wore masks, that it would be an effective means to prevent transmission, to the idea that staying in your home or shutting down your business would somehow prevent the advance and spread oh, yeah. of the virus. They destroyed the American economy. Throughout that whole time, Trump was calling for the businesses to remain open. He was following his instincts, which were right, that the economy should not be shuttered and the people's rights should not be violated uh, in order to treat this virus. So you look at the when you look at this actually under a microscope as to what actually happened, yeah, there are a lot of bad actors. And yes, they were deceiving the American public, but the friend in all of this was really Donald Trump. If you had had Joe Biden there, we would have been so far worse off. I mean, you're talking about a person who would use that for his own ability to completely take over the American economy. He would have destroyed our economy earlier yeah. had he been president. Donald I, and, Trump and did I don't dispute any of that, honestly, John. That's why I'm asking. That's why I want to talk about this. I want to have that perspective so people yeah, can I, percolate I, on this. They, they will say we're, we're living in an age where individuals in the past their histories are used as a as a cudgel to bludgeon them to death, even when they have uh, given us the most precious gifts in the history of the world. They will bludgeon George Washington. They will bludgeon Thomas Jefferson. They will bludgeon James Madison because those individuals held slaves, even though those individuals were dedicated to the proposition that this institution of slavery should end, that it was evil and that it violated individual rights. They all understood that. They were dedicated to its demise. But the thing that they gave us that is so precious is a declaration of independence that in its second paragraph proclaims to all the world that a just government defends individual liberties and that all men are created equal, meaning all of mankind, all humanity. And that they gave us a constitution that defended us at our rights and made the government our servant and not our master. And these are extraordinary gifts, unique in all the world. And despite that, despite that great legacy of freedom that they gave us, they are condemned by the far left and the history is rewritten and their statues are torn down. And these people are uh, subjecting to a microscope that uh, affords no grace, no forgiveness, no ability to make an error to people that or, are- Or to change and transform. I, I think about this- when it comes to their own idols, well, yeah. uh, their own Karl Marx, for example, mm -hmm. they will not say and they will not admit that Karl Marx was a racist when he clearly was. That or Karl Margaret Sanger. How about that? Margaret Sanger. All of uh, that. It, all of their heroes on the far left have sins, too. And if they were to base their ideology on a nexus to their uh, those faults, they would they would result in a hatred for all of their idols. The point is mm -hmm. that the inevitable course of, of humanity is in favor of freedom. We are born free. We, are, we only lose our freedom when government interferes and takes it away. We are born free. And the recognition of that at the founding of this country by these great men and women was a great gift to us. Yeah. And it's up to us to take advantage of that and ensure the blessings of liberty for our generation. 
We shouldn't condemn those who gave us the kernels of liberty because we lack the courage to grow them into mm -hmm. oaks. And, uh, and it, it's our fault that we look to socialism because we wish to fault great men and women mm -hmm. for minor sins in the, in the scheme of things. The big scheme of thing is freedom. Freedom is achieved by our constitution and our declaration of independence. And it took a civil war to bring it about in actuality for many people. But we fought that civil war. We went to war. We are a great people. We've saved so many people all over the world from tyranny. It's not even funny. Mm -hmm. So faulting us and our nation uh, is- For everything that's bad in the world. I know that- Looks to us it, and says, that is the greatest nation on earth because it has stood for freedom. It's only because of Joe Biden and this turn to the left that the rest of the world now looks oftentimes with revulsion at what is happening. They're, they're upset because they're saying this great bastion of liberty is committing suicide. Yeah. Jonathan, I, I wanted to say that we also contemporarily enslave ourselves to poor decisions, bad decisions, because we don't learn from history, for one. And, and in some cases, we know in freedom, agency choice we we are allowed to make bad decisions preferably i think to learn from them hopefully to learn from them and make better decisions we are now in a country that has made a lot of bad decisions because it ignored history and was somehow duped and programmed because of the education system all of the history that you wrote about in your books and in and the most recent one and I, I i look at what we can do to make better decisions the opportunity is still there and that's where i try to remain I say bullish on freedom. I'm not abandoning freedom ever. Uh, freedom is my default setting. You know that. But the decision making, you know, that we do, that can enslave us temporarily because those decisions have consequences. The illusion is that we can do anything we want and there are no consequences. And therefore, if we would just turn everything over to government, we would be free of all of, quote unquote, our sins, whatever that is. That's making politics and government a savior. That is not in any way, shape or form appropriate, nor is it uh substantiated by the history of government on this planet and our founders knew it and some people are waking again to that reality thank goodness uh we look at biden administration might declare a, a public health emergency over monkeypox which i argue is probably an adverse event due to many of these jabs because they're causing immune suppression and any number of things can manifest including herpetic lesions might be shingles who knows what it is and when they're relying on pcr again the infamously inaccurate PCR test to say it's definitively that. And then again, you're not getting this by breathing. There are certain behaviors we've talked about that's been talked about that would manifest that. It is not a public health emergency. It's an individual emergency based on what you're doing. And you're doing something that is not conducive to your health. Uh, in addition to that, we have a, a, a fact check I want to get into with you now about uh, gun violence. Well, there's no such thing, really. It's violence perpetrated by various instruments, and it could be a gun, but they don't do it themselves. And defending the Second Amendment, recognizing that it's interesting, the history of all these uh, mass shootings, there's a fact check article here on Breitbart, um, and it basically from the Gun Owners of America, which I'd like that organization better than um, the, the NRA, but it fact check, Gun Owners of America spokeswoman claims 94% of mass shootings occur, guess where, in gun-free zones. Should we be surprised? I mean, uh, we tell Pelosi's into the world that want to disarm us to say, hey, why don't you just put up a sign wherever you go and say, this is a gun-free zone. And, and that includes all your bodyguards, get rid of them too. And watch how fast they'll be in favor of guns in their presence. If you're a bear, Robert, 
and you are interested in getting some honey, mm -hmm. you go to the hive during those times of the day when the bees are there with their stingers, or do you wait for the time of the day when the bees are out connecting nectar, mm -hmm. collecting nectar? Mm -hmm. And of course you go to the bee free zone. When you, when you go to the bee free zone as a bear, you get all the honey you want with the fewest number of stings. Criminals are not even as dumb as a bear. Uh, some of them are, but mm -hmm. even as dumb as a bear, they would know that if you want to kill someone or if you want to rob them using a weapon, there's no better opportunity than to go into a gun-free zone where you know you're not going to be opposed. So it's absolutely unremarkable that this survey establishes the fact that the vast majority of gun crimes occur in areas that are gun-free, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. So where, where do we to, uh, uh, let's say, conclude from that, if that's the case, do we say let's disarm even more areas so that we make it, those areas ripe for these so-called mass shootings where people are defenseless? Or do we reverse course and say, you know, all of those areas that we've declared gun-free zones that where these have occurred, we need to shore them up in their defensive position to let those cr potential criminals know they come here, they're going to be taken out before they can do much carnage, much damage, or much murder. And I think, how does... How do these people not see that unless they are just so programmed to not see it and or they refuse to see what's right there before everybody's eyes? It gets back to this old superficiality that confuses the intent to commit a crime with an inanimate object, a gun. The gun doesn't make someone commit a crime. It's in their mind. What happens is that the gun facilitates a crime when someone is predisposed to commit a crime. They didn't have guns. They would resort to knives. They would resort to billy clubs. They would resort to other things, pushing people on the New York subway into the tracks. They would do these sorts of things to commit crimes if they couldn't arm themselves. All that happens when you disarm people who are law-abiding is make them pray for predators who have arms, who are not willing to abide by the law, that is, those who want to commit crimes. And in an environment where guns are forbidden, those who have weapons become absolute uh, tyrannical rulers because they know that wherever they go, they're not going to face opposition. So when you live in Texas and you are a criminal, you unless you're from out of state, you realize that when you use a gun in a crime in Texas, uh, chances are in areas of Texas where they still protect the Second Amendment, somebody out there is going to have a weapon and they're going to fire back. And what we don't hear about enough in media reporting, because they just don't like the stories, it doesn't fit the narrative that guns cause crime, uh, are all these instances where individuals have been armed and have been robbed or attempted robbery or break-ins to people's homes where they have defended themselves against these criminal elements and have won, have succeeded. You take away those very people's weapons, you deny them their Second Amendment rights, and in every single one of those thousands of cases of self-defense, there would be bodies, there would be robberies, there would be rapes, there would be abuses of people that never would have had to have happened and never did happen, in fact, because they actually had weapons mm -hmm. and they use them responsibly in self-defense. 
So we don't hear about all of those cases, Robert. And there are far more of those cases mm -hmm. where people are allowed to have weapons. There are far more of those cases where people use weapons in self-defense than are ever reported upon in the media. And it's a real shame because if we had all those reports appearing every day, you would realize, wow, all over this country, people in areas of danger have defended themselves, their families, and have survived because they were armed. And, you know, the, the frustrating thing, and I'll acknowledge frustration here, is trying to communicate, you know, with intellectual integrity on this subject, where all you get in, in response is an emotional accusation that you want to just kill people and you want crime running rampant on the streets. And, of course, the very argument that they're using against you is what you're pointing out is the reality is what you, you claim we were promoting is actually what exists today because you want to disarm the people. And the by and large, the, the vast majority of people are not utilizing any weapon in engagement of crimes that are not criminals. And then and then we don't even have they'll discuss these things. And then you don't even have a discussion, any serious discussion of the, the most important contributing factor, which is uh, the failure to have law enforcement, the defunding of the police, the refusal to prosecute people who commit crimes with weapons in the inner cities. If you allow the minority of people who are the criminal element to remain on the streets, you will get more murders, you will get more rapes, you will get more robberies. And that's what we're happening. That's what's happening. That's why we have this massive increase in crime. We've got these Soros-backed DAs and prosecutors who won't mm -hmm. prosecute criminals and who won't incarcerate people. Creating chaos on the streets for great yeah. purpose because people will then demand more government. It won't be the kind of government that will actually protect them, of course. It will take more from them. Recidivism. We've got people who are violent criminals going into the criminal justice system in one door and coming right mm -hmm. out the other door and going back out on the street and continuing their crimes because they know they will not be arrested. They will not be punished. And the crimes become ever more violent because no matter what they seem to do, nobody holds them to account. No one throws them in jail. And yes, there are instances where we should take people's guns away. That's when you prosecute them, prove that they violated the law, and then they have their rights violated, quote unquote, yeah. not violated because well, due process yeah. is followed. They lose their right to bear arms. With they due process. Right because exactly. they have been proven to have used a weapon mm -hmm. uh, in the commission of a crime. So that's how you selectively ensure that those who abuse the Second Amendment lose their right to bear arms. You prosecute them when they commit a crime using a weapon. What we have instead, I mean, we yeah. have, a, it's, it's oftentimes race-based. What we have, I mean, you'll have, unfortunately, in many of these cities, if you are a person of color who commits a crime with a gun, you're let off scot-free. If you're a person who's not of color who commits a crime with a gun, you're treated entirely differently. Well, it's and a reverse racism scenario. Um, racism and it's happening in this country. It's Jonathan, beyond the, the delineations of, of pigment, of course, I look at, I remember one of the, uh, uh, the placards, if you will, on Ron Paul's desk, if I remember correctly. It said, don't steal. The government hates competition. You remember that? Yeah. And I, and I thought of that in terms of where do kids learn to fill in the blanks? There's been commercials about, you know, where do kids learn to take drugs? They, they watch their parents do it. You know, whether it be pharmaceutical or otherwise, kids can't dif differentiate that. And at the same time, we look at the government, which has legalized thievery for them. And yet people go, well, I can never get ahead. So maybe I should do what the government does. And they go into a life of crime. 
because the criminals are often in government. And I think that's another vector of how people grow up to become criminals that might not have been. They are left without any option, at least perception wise, to live freely, to uh, gain benefit from their efforts. And yet it's stolen from them, whether it be by direct, uh, let's say, uh, percentage income, graduated income tax. Karl Marx loves that one or Engels too. Or we look at what other things can be done here in terms of inflationary theft. And that was a Ron Paul thing, understand the economy. You pump, pump the money supply up so high, the people that touch it last, the poor, middle class, et cetera, have no longer the purchasing power that those who touch the money first. And that's also a tax. And so you make people feel like they're so victimized that they can never get ahead. So they resort to crime. And I would argue that a lot of that is not crime when we talk about the free market activity that the, the so-called authorities will call black market activity, Right. What happens when you can't afford something because there's such a high tax on it? People will find a way to grow it themselves and, sh and sell it. Um, just an example. So a lot of the theft we learn about comes from the behavior of government and government officials. Yes. And when you have this destruction of education, mm -hmm. when you have a situation where they're teaching our children to be Marxists in school through critical race theory, they're teaching them to hate their families to not believe in the nuclear family at all, to believe their genders are fluid and they can elect their genders uh, to be other than their birth genders. And then all of this nonsense that the vice president is showing that she brilliantly is in favor of the, the pronoun obsessions, the notion that you should be able to alter whatever pronoun you want. A male is a he and a female is a she, and that's just the way it is. In Listen, those those pronoun people are are when they are hungry enough, when they can't afford to buy food because the 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 Fed inflationary policies, the Biden tax policies, the least of their concerns is going to be whether they're pronounced correctly. But right now, they have the luxury of complaining about things that if they were hungry, they couldn't. Hard enough for these kids. Most unfortunately, in the cities, are illiterate by and large because the education system is so bad in the public schools and you're actually going to confuse them to an enormous extent mm. by letting them uh, believe that pronouns can be essentially whatever you want, that, it, that uh, a person who is male can be known as they, that a person who is female can be known as they, that individuals who uh, wish to be he, but are actually she, can have you call them he. And if you fail to call them he, you can be punished, you can be expelled from school, or you can have a black mark on your... Uh, your, your uh, Deplatformed in social media as well. All of these uh, communication yeah. realms. Yeah, they want to su suppress speech. And of course, it's Orwellian, it's uh, tyrannical, it's communism, it's all of that. And uh, we are, uh, well, if you haven't figured it out already, promoting freedom here. That's why we do the Sacred Fire of Liberty each and every week with Jonathan E. Mord. I appreciate you, my brother. Always fun to do this, even though we have to tackle some serious issues together. Bring him on, Robert. Bring him on. All right. We're going to bring uh, Dr. David King on. He's running for lieutenant governor of Wisconsin in the second hour of the show. Let's catch up with him and how he's doing. How's the, the state of Wisconsin doing in terms of embracing Constitution and liberty again or not? I want to know. And you might want to know, too. So stand by for that and a whole lot more healing of a political, economic, mental, emotional, physical, and even spiritual reality. Thanks for being here. The power to heal is yours.
Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, thanks y'all for being here. Uh, great uh, hour with Jonathan Emore. Always important discussion. Little historical perspective as well as the contemporary uh, realities, and we're going to find out about some of those contemporary realities in uh, in Wisconsin, where we've got a lot of friends, a lot of listeners and viewers as well. In a moment, we'll be joined by uh, a wonderful man I met when I first went up there and did a, a little. I say a lecture tour, but I had a lecture and he was one of the, the speakers and I uh, just enjoyed him immensely and uh, stand by for that. Dr. David King will be returning. We'll get some updates there. I uh, just want to uh, acknowledge as well uh, some of the upcoming events I didn't mention last hour. And uh, I think they're important to you might you might want want to know about them. You might want to attend some of them. And uh, there are there are plenty and there will be more added all of the time. But we're moving towards the August 6th event and it looks like it may have sold out, but that one is available via online streaming. So you can still get tickets at Nutritional Frontiers to do the journey of healthcare with me and Dr. Tracy Straub, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Len Brankowitz, and Jamie Dorley. Shout out and thanks again to all the wonderful integrity products, et cetera, that they have over at Nutritional Frontiers. Autism One, you just saw at the top of the hour break. We're coming up August 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st. And there will be a more discussion of that tomorrow with Dr. Sean Centers, a physician who has focused his life's work a lot on helping families and children uh, on the autism spectrum. And for MDs and DOs especially, there are going to be CME credits available at the Autism One Conference. So if you've been considering, you need to get those every year anyway, come on over. And the, the hotels are dirt cheap in the summer there, as you might imagine, in Arizona. Also, the, the 13th U.S. Health Freedom Congress Minneapolis St. Paul is hosting it September 23rd and 24th. Uh, you have an opportunity to rub elbows with some of the giants of health freedom, the health freedom movement, and even maybe partake. Yeah. Partake in discussions and strategies and planning sessions. And it's a two, two day event really. Uh, and it'll be a Friday and Saturday event in uh, Minneapolis St. Paul. So please join us there. The wellness parenting revolution, health and freedom summit and expo Orlando, Florida, October 7th, 8th and 9th. Uh, and that's going to be a tremendous event. Look at the speakers that are there. You just see visually on there. I'll be speaking again. We have a lot of our friends that are going to be there. And I, I look forward to seeing you as well. Peter McCullough scheduled there as well. And uh, you can go to wellnessparenting.info for tickets and more information. There might be even some exhibit hall booths left. I don't know. And then the big one, the Hotel Freedom Expo. And I hope that you'll, and, and I'm speaking to David now. He's paying attention. He's in the green room. Uh, he's only in Wisconsin. He should come on, come on down. If it's not like heavy election season where he can escape on the 15th and 16th and join us at the Health Freedom Expo. And with that, I'm going to welcome him back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. David King, uh, I got to say, how are you? I saw a little uh, brief video thing that you were doing live and you got rear-ended by a car pretty intensely. Do you have your cervical vertebrae? You've been to a chiropractor. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm a little sore. I mean, it's, um, you know, I got a slight headache right now. My chest, my back, um, my hip, and my uh, knee. Um, yeah, that and the re and when it, when she hit me from behind, it pushed me into a truck. So I became a sandwich for a minute. Oh my gosh! So was this on a like a a, a big four lane highway, or or was this a stop and go scenario where a person just wasn't paying attention or on their cell phone? How did that happen? Um, apparently, she wasn't paying attention. It ended up a to be a folk car pileup um, oh. because when she hit me, I hit somebody and that person hit the person in front of them. Um, wow. We we was all at a complete stop and she just it wasn't paying attention. Yeah. 
you know, and it's, it makes me nervous because we're, we're teaching our, my daughter now 17, she's ready to get out on her own. And I'm like, we're watching, we're in the car with her. So she's getting practice. It's like the engagement that you have to have the moment you, you, especially in the midst of, of, it isn't so much like your capacity or ability. And I always say this to people, especially young people when they're driving, it isn't so much about your abilities. It's about recognizing that other people might not be paying attention. Like I'm encouraging you to do. And so a scenario like that, where you're dead stopped, there's not a lot you can do when someone's rear ending you and pushing you into something else, but I'm glad you're overall. Okay. I don't know. Do you, do you want us to show what you were doing at the time at, at this stop and see the accident? I know it's up on your Facebook page. Uh, yeah, if you got it, go right ahead. Okay, because well, I'm going to ask you what you were talking about too, in terms of lying Republicans. Interestingly enough, up there in Wisconsin. So, stand okay. by. Super Don, you got that uh, clip from uh, his Facebook page, and uh, thankfully, there's no blood, but it's it's a trauma. You can see the body. What happens when he gets rear-ended in this uh, little video? How is it that re it's okay for Republicans to lie to us, not just a Democrat? Republicans can lie to us and say everything, but a Democrat lies, it's a big problem. Now you're coming to a stop here. Oops, there it is. Ow. Look at that. Somebody just hit me from the back. Oh, God. Wow. That was, I mean, that you, that's not a Hollywood version. That really happened. And, uh, you could see the way your head was thrown forward. It torques your body. Again, Arnica, Montana is your friend for injury and bruising. I hope, again, you'll, you'll recover. I know you're strong, but goodness gracious. Uh, what was it that you were actually discussing? You know, when we talk about Democrats and Republicans, is the po body politic of Wisconsin, is it a blue state? Is it a red state? Is it a purple state? Talk to me about the lying Republicans in this state. What were you talking about? Well, here in Wisconsin, um, it's a bloodbath in our primary. It's it's where the the the, the Republicans they uh, they lie to one another. They they uh, they smear each other. They stab each other in the back. Uh, even though we we went through the convention and there was no endorsement, they still doing the quote unquote the endorsement thing, and they're really supporting who they really want, who the party really want. And and so, you know, we you hear the Republicans always talking about election integrity, but there's no integrity in the primary. Mm -hmm. Where you look at the Democrat side, and something happened here on yesterday, where the Democrats, uh, the two that was running for U.S. Senate against Ron Johnson, never ran a smear campaign against one another. And what happened yesterday? One drops out and endorsed the other one. And the, the thing that, that the image that they put out there to unify the Democrats was the image that they put out there to um, uh, to portray unification with the Democrats is you had a white millionaire drop out of the race and endorse the black man. Normally, you probably see it where they probably force the lesser one with no money out. But this time they show where a millionaire steps out of the race and endorse um, the black Democrat and then say, come on, y'all, we got to unify and we got to put every Democrat back in office. Where on the Republican side, we don't look at it to say, okay, who's going to be the best fit for us 
to go up against the Democrat machine? Mm -hmm. Who would be the strongest candidates to go against the Democrat machine? We don't do that. What we do is you got the group, you got a you got a group that says this this is our pick. No matter who gets in the race, we're gonna go with this person. Whether that person is strong or not, they wanna stay with that person. And then they start doing undermining stuff and they do smear campaigns and everything else. And what they're using, and, and what we have to look at on the Republican side, we're going into war. And what we're using to try to win a primary is not going to work going against the Democrats. And, right. and, and so that message is not going to work. You can talk about voter integrity and, and, and decertification on the Republican side. That's not going to work on the, on the other side. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about CRT on our side. That's not going to work on the other side. So, so our, Dr. King, you, you, of course, if you're new to, to what Dr. David King is doing, he's running for lieutenant governor as a Republican in uh, the state of Wisconsin, out of Milwaukee. You see your God, Milwaukee God Squad uh, shirt on. I love that. Uh, and you are, I think, injecting integrity and, pa- and passion as well and, and principle into that race from all that I've seen of you and heard you speak. And you've been on this show before as well. And we met in person. And I would love to see you have the opportunity to go up against the Democrat in the state because I think they'd have a hard time beating you. Uh, but then the Republican establishment probably looks at you and says, you don't fit what we want to put up there, even if we can't beat the Democrats with this other candidate that goes and argues for things that on a statewide race might not, let's say, resonate as well. Yeah. And, and see, the, the beauty of it is this. My message resonates with everybody. OK, because it's consistent, it's, it's, it's integrity, it's honesty. And I have Democrats in Milwaukee that's working on my campaign because my message resonates with everybody. And so, you know, I tell people this, why the, right, why the regular Republican is beating a bass drum, I'm beating a snare. And but we can make beautiful music together if they're willing to accept the snare drum. But right now it looks like they just won't the bass drum, and they want everybody to go downstream, you're not going to beat the Democrats going downstream. You need, I tell people this, uh, Robert, I says, putting uh, any other lieutenant governor candidate with any governor candidate is just like putting Batman and Robin uh, team together. And you know Robin always got beat up where Batman had to help Robin. Hmm. But putting me with any any governor candidate is putting Green Hornet and Cato together, and I'm Cato. And so <laughs> I love that analogy. I see that because you're not getting beat up. You're going to be the strong dude in that equation, which I love. And we yeah. need that. Yes. And so, so when we do that, you know, we just got to look at the goal is to get Evers out of office. The goal for the Democrats is to keep Evers in office. And, and so if, if if we do not come with the right message and the right and, and, and the people doesn't vote in the right team, then we got four more years of Evers. So let's look at that for a minute. Four more years of Tony Evers means four more years of CRT, SEL in our school, four more years of trying to fight for medical freedom, four more years of trying to help small business owners survive because they might shut us down again. Four more years of even the churches being attacked because they don't use the pronouns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so we 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 have a lot to lose in four more years if we give the Democrats four more years. 
And the problem that we have is nobody looking at that. They're just looking at because I like a person. Mm. I tell people all the time, I don't I don't need you to like me. I just need you to trust me that I'm going to go in there and get the job done. Right. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. David, of course, with politics, it's all about, I guess, if we say it's above board scenario, I mean, there's a lot of grease in the wheels behind scenes, of course, and the party machines that exist. Uh, what's the next phase of the election? When is the primary actually happening that will determine who goes up against Evers and whoever their lieutenant governor candidate is? I mean, that's still in process, yes? Yes, August 9th is the is the voting date. Well, they started early voting on Tuesday of this week. So what can you do to uh, make inroads with some of the establishment on the strategy that you feel that their strategy is doomed to failure and you have a better one? Uh, what can you do between now and August 9th to help get the word out? I know I love having you on the show, but we're not only a Wisconsin-based show. We have, obviously, listeners and viewers there. But what can you do there uh, with the folks that are listening that are in Wisconsin? What can they do to help? Well, the, 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 the people in Wisconsin have to sit down and say, let me rethink this thing right now. Because the Democrat Party have already, when we thought they was going to punt, they faked the punt and threw a touchdown. Because when they did that move and did it on TV to show that they was unifying, then that means we can't, we have to change everything now. We have to rethink everything. And we got two minutes. It's, a, it's just like a two-minute drill going mm -hmm. all the way down the field to score a touchdown. So what do we have to do? We have to sit down and say, who is the fighters on our side? Who is the strongest candidates that can go up against? Because what, we, what we're not also paying attention to if we're not careful, Ron Johnson can lose his seat as well. So we have to we have to make sure that we have a strong team coming out of August 9th so mm. that we can go up against them and beat the Democrats and keep Ron Johnson in his seat. Because this is a if if they haven't paid attention for the Democrat, this is a team effort. Right now, Republicans. You have people on the Republican side saying, if my candidate don't win, we're going to vote independent. So what they're saying is they're going to automatically give Tony Evers four more years. Four years, right. And, and so, you know what? The Democrats are, are doing, of course, in Wisconsin and everywhere. They're very anti-health freedom, as you know. They're yeah. only my body, my choice when it comes to aborting uh, babies. And yeah. also um, Ron Johnson, who's been an amazing uh, senator, actually having hearings to expose the injuries the adverse events of the jab and also make sure that there aren't mandates would be taken out because the pharmaceutical money doesn't like ron johnson they don't want people asking questions about these things and ironically now the party that didn't trust as the democrats proclaimed these big drug companies are all in for the drug companies and trying to help unseat senator johnson as well so are those communications resonating at all with the republican party there where you're fighting for your political life as uh you know running for lieutenant governor there well i'm hoping but we haven't we haven't really sat down with you know as a party to say you know what we 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 have to come together we can't wait to august 10th to come together we have to look at it right now and says who is the strongest because we need everybody strong Everybody can't win off a of Ron Johnson race because Ron Johnson is a target right now. So Ron Johnson need the help. So how do Ron Johnson get the help? You got to put the best governor and the best lieutenant governor.
candidates up there who can also resonate with moderate indie, uh, moderate de Democrats, independents, libertarians, even the Green Party to say, we're going to try to make your life a lot better. Mm -hmm. And and so if we don't have that, if we don't have that, then all of the uh, medical freedom rallies we've done in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. all of the Unmasked Our Children rallies, uh, the CRT rallies, every rally, freedom rallies that we've done in the last two years are going to be in vain if we put the wrong people up. So what about you? You described the Democrat. Uh, is it the gubernatorial? Can no, the lieutenant governor candidate, right? That was they were a race and there was a, a white guy who's a millionaire decided to drop out and throw all of his support behind the black guy running right now as a Democrat. Now, yeah. is is there are, are there racial elements to this story? Are there in the news media uh, fomenting that, you know, Republicans are all racist in this context? I mean, you're running, obviously, as a person of color. What's the status in that regard as far as strate strategic strength of you running as a uh, lieutenant governor as opposed to somebody else? Well, see, here, here's here's something that's sad, um, Robert. There's three African-Americans running for uh, lieutenant governor and one African-American running for treasurer uh, in Wisconsin. And and there is no big push by the party to say, see, we're not racist. We have four guys, um, four, four individuals running in these statewide races. And should we do we embrace them? Well, one got endorsed only because there was really nobody else running against them. So they got the endorsement. But are, are, are we really going to combat racism by uh, picking someone that doesn't sound like the party itself. Because you have one who sound like the party himself, only talking about taxes and wasteful spending. And then you got me talking about everything, talking about protecting our veterans and getting them off the streets, uh, medical freedom, CRT, removing the DPI race out of the spring and putting it in the fall so we can go back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. Um, giving parents their rights back, revisiting the child abuse law and putting a line in there to distinguish between abuse and discipline, sex trafficking. So the, the issues, the everyday issues are the things that I'm speaking on that resonates with everyday people. And if the party was smart, then they would use that and says, okay, we're going to get behind him because he has a proven track record for the work he's done in Milwaukee with God Squad. He has a proven track record of helping people get jobs. He has a proven track record of helping people get off drugs. He has a proven track record of helping people come out of prison and have a better life. This man has a proven track record. Why not surround him and support him and says, okay, we want you to go up against Goliath because mm -hmm. that machine, you've got to have real people who can talk about real issues. Well, and that's why I, I feel strongly about you, even though I'm not in Wisconsin and want to support you, want to see you do that for the people there, my friends there. I think it would be a better state having you in that uh, situation as lieutenant governor. And you're talking about things that do indeed resonate. If we go back on the, the same uh, basic talking points that Republicans have had for decades and decades, that's not going to resonate with other than those that are the party loyalists. And you've got to reach out beyond that in Wisconsin because it's not a a definitive Republican state either. Um, David King, your website, King for F O R King for Wisconsin, W I King for W I. So K I N G F O R W I.com. 
There it is. If you'd like to support uh, David King for lieutenant governor, maybe you have influence in the Republican Party there and would like to say, hey, look, you really need to take seriously what David's bringing to this. As you said, a track record that could resonate, that could tra transform that state for the better. Uh, I would say, uh, please do that now. And uh, David, do you have any other rallies or any other Republican meetings that folks in Wisconsin that are hearing this now could attend with you and help generate more interest for you? Yes. On, on next week, Tuesday, August 2nd, we're having what's called the Wisconsin Revival Rally. Um, and it, I call I named this one the pastor movement. It's the 21st century um, Black Road Regiment. All pastors are speaking at this rally. Um, and we we, we, we want to invite everybody out because of the fact that those who believe in God, we got a taste uh, in 2020 that the, the, the Democrat Party and Gov Governor Evers said God was not central. And, and, and so they shut down all the churches. If we ever need God, it's now. And so, you know, so we have to, as the church, we have to rise up. We have to rethink how we vote. We have to rethink on for our children and our grandchildren because the next four generations is at stake right now. And if the Democrats can indoctrinate the four next generations, guess what happens? They're going to hate America and they're going to hate God. And they're going to open the door and welcome communists and socialists with open arms. And, and a lot of people is not paying that no attention. And so I want to say to the people of Wisconsin, well, all the people of the United States, if you guys are, if you guys are that uh, are not paying attention, then ask yourself a question: Is your children's future important? Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, then keep voting the way you've been voting. But if it is, then you need to sit back down and rethink this thing and put the right people in that can fight uh, the Democrat Party. Yeah, at this point, and I want you strong to do it. Uh, Dr. David King. And uh, if you haven't already gotten some Arnica Montana to put on your injuries and uh, maybe some CBD as well, or a chiropractic adjustment when you're ready, get you back on your feet, considering that little rear end traffic thing that, that we just witnessed as well. I, I'm glad that you're up enough to, to do the show today with us, uh, despite I know the achiness and soreness associated with that. But I want to make sure you get the care from people that aren't going to drug you. Yes. They tried last night. I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No. I know you I, know better. I, I rather I rather endure the pain before I let them pop me with any drugs. All right. Well, listen, I want to make sure you have uh, enough time. Is there anything else you want to share with my audience today about your efforts? And of course, you say it, a broader effort as an American, you know, what's important to you and what you see coming up next and why uh, they should support you. I want to say to, to everybody that's watching, a lot of us are fighting for, for freedom, whether it's medical freedom, educational freedom, economical freedom. It's about freedom, period. It's not about just a dollar. Don't let people get you caught up on a dollar. Don't let people get you caught up talking about taxes and wasteful spending because taxes and wasteful spending will not do you any good if you ain't got no freedom, if they take your guns away, if they take your, your medical rights away, if they take your children away, if they focus on, on transgender, on all your children, if you allow them uh, uh, to do this to your children, then um, then that's, that's sad. But I, what I really want to say to you guys is this. 
take a look at what's at stake in your state. Wisconsin, we have an opportunity to lose Ron Johnson as, as, as U.S. Senate, and we have an opportunity to keep uh, Tony Evers. The only way we can win if we put the right team together to not only help Ron Johnson stay in office, but also to remove Tony Evers out of office. And you guys have until August 9th to make that decision. Remove out, I like a person, but they don't have a track record. They don't have a track record of getting things done. So if you want somebody that's going to get stuff done, that is not going to go along to get along, then I'm the person for you. But if you just want somebody that's going to go along to get along and just beat the Demo uh, the Republican drum, then you got to realize 13 out of we lost 12 out of 13 statewide. We cannot lose another one. So we have to put the right people up so that we can win uh, in November the 8th. So look me up, do your homework, but make the right decision and put Dr. David D. King as your next lieutenant governor because with me on the ticket, there's a lot of things that the Democrat Party won't be able to do. And I can say some things that nobody else can say. But if you if you if you want a fighter, I'm the I'm the person. But if you just want the same old thing, I'm I'm not that person. <laughs> David, you are the man. I I love and appreciate you, my brother. And I look forward to hearing some good news. And I know that you're not going to give up the fight no matter what, um, because you're a man of integrity and principle. And you see and you're outraged righteously so about what's going on. And I thank you for your efforts to to make it right as well as your willingness to come on the show, talk about it with me from time to time as well. I appreciate you. And I hope to see you uh, if I can make it back up to Wisconsin before the Health Freedom Expo and or you coming down to the Health Freedom Expo. It's not too long of a ride down from Milwaukee, uh to the Chicagoland area to be part of that event because I think people would embrace you and endorse you there as well. Thank you, sir. I will um, see what I can do. it, And if I need to after the tent, because I know we're going to come out on top, we can do a medical rally up here and educate so many people because because there are so many people even on the democrat side would love to know more about uh everything that you're doing because they're suffering as well i and, agree yeah and 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 what we have to do is we have to move out the the, the two parties and look at the people because people are suffering from both sides mm -hmm. oh absolutely and i know you've got a, a, a I, I believe a message that will resonate and does resonate with folks, even if they have a D by their name, even though you're running as a Republican. Uh, so the point is, folks, listen to the words, look at the track record, and look at a guy like David King, and you'll say, yeah, that's why I've endorsed him as well. So, Dr. David King, you go take care of yourself. Get some rest, get some recovery after that traffic accident yesterday, my brother. I, I really, again, so appreciative that you came on the show despite all of that. Well, thanks for having me, sir. This was one way since I've been, house, been, been written that I can still campaign. So thank yeah. you so much. You got it. Uh, you got it. And, and uh, big hugs to your wife as well. Got to meet her at the event. So uh, again, this is the thing. I know that uh, Thursday we do the sacred fire of Liberty and we lend a, a, the discussion points, a little bit more politics. This is not a show that is about politics per se. Although I recognize that politics plays a role in our life because it, it is often used to disabuse us of the idea that we have freedom or we should have freedom by the virtue of our very creation. And so they, they chip away at the idea that we should be free or that freedom is actually what we say freedom is as opposed to what they say it is, which is privileges doled out for good behavior, right? If you get the jab, we'll get you your freedom back. If not, 
you lose it. That's where politics, unfortunately, does matter if they have that power to do that. Now, I've also argued that uh, uncoupling from the cult of government, if you will, at every level is an important part to show people that we need less of it. And, and we've heard years and years and years of, of Republicans claiming we're for the we're the party of small government. Well, the best I could say over the history of what I've witnessed in my lifetime between Democrats and Republicans, they toe tap the brakes relative to Democrats. But the government has still gotten larger. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't good people like David King running or as we've talked about Ron Paul that have done amazing things within it, whether it be to pass legislation or not. In other words, to wake people up to ideas that our foundation, our founders had set up for us. And, and we must go back to that history, recognize what are the real reasons it was set up this way, as opposed to abandon it because we don't like what's happening and it's all their fault. Well, it isn't. It's partly our fault for participating in a system and propping up a system that is conducive only to enslaving the people, not in defending the people's freedom that they get not from government, but from God. So thank you all for being here. And again, thanks to David King for joining us today. All right, uh, Super D, we've got a little bit of time left. I've got some wide open discussion. I know we've got a question of the day coming up on thyroid. Uh, If there's anything that's happening in the chat room, we can discuss as well. Um, Just it's it's almost like a a mini free for all on a Thursday at this moment. I'm willing to talk about anything you guys want to talk about in addition to the question of the day that we're going to get to soon. How are you doing there, Super D? I'm okay. Yeah. I'm all right. Pretty intense discussions on stuff, and the, a lot, delu- yeah. the delusion of the—I um, wanted to say the Obama administration. <laughs> <laughs> Other people have said, "Yeah, he's really the president." <clears throat> Biden's just pretending. But yep. the whole idea of—if we talk about the recession—you uh, know, the people are hurting. It's like just gas alone is impacting. Even if gas is coming down a little bit, and I've seen a, 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 a little bit of a reduction. It's coming down below five bucks in some places. But it's a temporary thing. Part of it is operant conditioning that you see it at five and it comes down to the fours and suddenly you're like, oh, and you're like realizing, but it was down in the twos. <laughs> and, and and all of the impact that is not just about the price of gas in your tank, but how it impacts every bit of, and we talked about this yesterday, prices of food, prices of everything you're used to. You're seeing, my gosh, that went up fast. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, I suppose... You know, uh, people's perception of what's going on with the economy is all relative to whatever their situation is. There are some people, like probably Janet Yellen, yeah, who's worth like twenty million dollars. I think I was, I was reading. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Hey, price of gas went up a couple bucks, whatever, like that. I, I don't think it really affects her all that much because she's got the financial means in order to, you know, to, to counter that. Not everybody's in that position. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people aren't in that position. And those people, when somebody like Janet Yellen, who came out today mm-hmm. and was making this comment about how we're not in a recession and uh, you know household finances are remain strong, and I'm I'm looking at that and I'm like, maybe on your planet, yeah. but there are a lot of people that are feeling the pinch right now, and it's you know it's just the average person, which in this country. You know, there are a lot of people, I can't remember what the percentage is, that basically live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just how things are right now for a lot of people. And for those people, when you go to the grocery store and you get half as much now for the same amount that you were you were spending, you know, uh, a couple of years ago or a year ago, 
yeah, you know, that's gonna that, that's gonna make feel, a significant difference in their lives, you know. Don, do you feel it since we're kind of talking the politics of it on a Thursday here, no. um, that people will still fall for the old view that Republicans are the party of big business and they don't care about the little people, and the Dems are the ones that care about the little people in the midst of this Democrat-controlled government, seeing how hard it is for the average folks to you know make it beyond paycheck to paycheck. There's been a, a shift, and we've touched on this a little bit before, um, a, a paradigm shift yeah. uh, on on what you know the old ex you know the the old stereotype doesn't fit right. anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to be that the uh, it, it was the opposite of what you're seeing right now. The the Republicans now, I say Republicans slash conservatives, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think conservatives is probably a better term. Uh, they now are like the party of the little man, mm-hmm. the blue-collar worker, the immigrant. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. the the Hispanic uh, statistically, the Hispanics are gravitating towards the Republican Party now, and, and this is unheard of. You know, this is not how things were twenty years ago, thirty years ago. It was the complete opposite. So now the the liberals are being looked at, Democrats are being looked at as the elites. They're the elites. They're the, the the people that are wanting to squash free speech and and um, you know punish the little guy. Uh, you know, we were talking about this. How long ago was it that uh, you know? I of course I always relate to my rants, you know, because that's what I have <laughs> yeah. to fall back on. But you know, when you look at what Biden has done since he's he's come into office, and it seems like he wants to squeeze and 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 grab every penny that he can get from the from who the little guy. The blue-collar workers, the people in the gig economy, right? The people that are living paycheck to paycheck, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, you've got $20 in your bank account. I need part of that, right? No, no you, sh- you should get an electric car. Solve everything. Yeah, well, and, and you know, look, that it's, it's just, are people going to fall for that still? I think they're doing less and less now. And this is the problem. I'm, I'm sure Biden is just really, really depressed because when he became president, he really wanted that. He was vice president to Barack Obama. He thought that when he got in there, he was going to be Joe Biden. Come on, man. You know, he's going to relate to the to, to the, the people and let's be reasonable and everybody just get along and all that kind of stuff. And he is sucking bad right now. His, his, uh, his approval level is just, it's like a record low. Yeah. People don't want him. The Democrats don't want him to run in 2024. You know, I mean, he's in a horrible position, and I, I, in a way, I almost kind of feel bad for the guy because he waited a long time for this, and then he gets in and, and he just completely just screws the pooch. You are so it, sensitive that you would feel sorry for Biden. You know what? Here's the thing about Biden: say what you will about his politics, mm-hmm. but he seems overall, except for the the kid sniffing, the creepy Joe, really? the kid sniffing. He just yeah. when you when you, you put all that aside, you just look at him when he's just talking to stuff like that. He's just kind of looking like an old man. Well, dude, right? you're putting you a know? lot aside to get to that level. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just. Aside. I'm just. Yeah, it's just because you're a nice guy at heart. I'm really just awesome. saying. But anyway. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's you know what to expect at this point. Um, it seems like he's he's using a playbook mm-hmm. that is just not working. It doesn't matter what he does at this point. Everything's bad. Everything's wrong. And uh, you know the, the media could not have asked for a better president to follow to follow Trump. And you know what? Interestingly enough, I thought it was it was kind of um, I don't know it was 
it was it was interesting the way that Emord responded to your comment, your question, mm-hmm. yeah, about Trump, yeah, where it's like you know it's funny because you will talk to people about Trump and it's mm-hmm. like they, you know you've got different groups of people, yeah, some people are just like Trump was awesome, he was great, did everything right, yada 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 whatever, and then you've got people that of course hate Trump, can't stand mm-hmm. the idea. I have a cousin. Mm-hmm. that went on a road trip and one of the roads that she went on was the Donald J Trump highway or something like that and she was literally looking for a detour so, so she, she did not have to drive on the Donald Trump highway right I, yeah, I and then you got the people in the middle mm-hmm. which are kind of like you know I didn't like some of the stuff he did but some of the stuff yeah he it was pretty good uh, you know he has an e- like you said he has an ego can he can he deal with that stuff like that so i thought it was interesting you know that uh, when you when you presented an opportunity for emord to maybe be somewhat critical mm-hmm. of trump he avoided it yeah well i want to be able to talk about the you know what they say warts and all scenario and and if we weigh it out i'm still of the mindset that by far we would be better off if Trump were president. And, and maybe some would say, well, you're overlooking this and overlooking that. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. And, and even to say what uh, Emore does uh, it, regarding what he said last hour, we're, yeah, you're overlooking the questions I had specifically about his, his ability to be duped as well. Because yeah. he was duped by Fauci, he was duped by Burks, and he didn't have the wherewithal to stand against them. But maybe I'm being unreasonable because how many people know the stuff we know here? about the medical slash pharmaceutical well, industrial complex and the and you know what? they perpetrate. Anybody can be duped. Yeah. So I, I suppose, you know, it, w- was he duped? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, should, the, should we be critical of him for that? Well, you know what? Listen, mm-hmm. I the way I look at it, when you run for the, the, the hot seat, <laughs> right, yeah. you want to be president, you are open to those criticisms. That's a part of the job that comes with the territory. And so, you know, when, when you do mess up, the buck stops with you. So I think it's fair. I think it's fair to criticize him for, mm-hmm. for things that, that happened on his watch. Sure. But some people but, are kind of like, oh, I don't want to say anything bad about him, you know, because I know. Well, we have to be real about all of this. I, I think that's an important part of our, our role here now, to discuss these things. One so. story we didn't get to. Yeah. Um, we got like 10 minutes here. I know we got to get question of the day too, so remember that. Yeah, one thing we didn't get to was the third party story. Did you see this? Oh yeah, former Republicans and Democrats to form new third political party. Now, of course, as we see this, I don't know who's involved here. They are going to call it. The uh, new party is called former former Ford. presidential candidate Andrew Yang. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a Democratic candidate, and Christine Todd Whitman, the former Republican governor of New Jersey, are the two that. Um, hmm. I guess they're spearheading this. A new party that's going to be called Forward. I, that is the dumbest name for a party. It is. I'm with the Forward Party. What? I just uh, thought, you know what? I think just calling it the Third Party would be interesting. <laughs> just call it the Third Party. I have no. I, I'm not. I have no aversion to third party politics. Um, yeah. I I've been a part of of that. Yeah, we've talked about uh, that. And so it's like I, I think it's a in concept. I think it's a great idea if it were viable. Well, it only seems you know? to be viable to what? To throw the support to one candidate that's equally bad as the other one, but more bad sometimes. And and so it, as much as you go, vote your conscience, and I've been that, if you want to vote, vote your conscience. Uh, and how can you be criticized for that except that you go, well, look, the Democrats back in, or look, the Republicans back in. And I get that, but... Yeah. Uh, 
it doesn't serve right now if you're looking to counter the Biden uh, Demo- Democratic Party uh, to go a third party. I'll acknowledge that. It'll tend to sabotage the efforts, if you will, if you're wanting something different. But I'm not going to go in there and tell people how to vote or who to vote for. I'll, I'll be free with my perspective on these things, but it's not for me uh, to say one way or the other. So, but the third parties tend to just throw the, 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 the victory to one candidate. They do, the but that doesn't mean that it can't happen. With the right, sure. pe- right person at the right time, mm-hmm. you've, got a, you've got an election Remember, coming up where, where, honestly, and I was reading a survey, I think it was this morning, or maybe it was yeah. yesterday, where you have a majority of people in this country that really don't want Joe Biden or Donald Trump to win in 2024. They, they yeah. would prefer somebody different, but somebody that, that would, uh, uh, you know, be something different. So yeah. this, you know, I could see something like that happening if the right person stepped right. up. Who yeah. would that be? I have no idea. Yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. There you go. Well, think about the Minnesota politics. We were talking Wisconsin right next door. A third party, I forget what they called that third party, in, maybe it was just the independent party, in Minnesota got Jesse Ventura to become right. governor. That's right. So there is precedence. And, and you know, what do, whatever you say about Jesse today, at the time, he was doing some interesting things that were pretty good. And I would say the biggest thing, as you know, is signing the Safe, Safe Harbor, Harbor Act. Yeah. For uh, you know non-doctors to be able to hang a shingle in Minnesota, and of course that was the, with the help of our good friend Diane Miller, which leads to remind everybody that lineage is right up there for you to interact with when we're together September 23rd and 24th in Minneapolis-St. Paul for the National Health Freedom Council, National Health Freedom Action, um, and we're going to be again Minneapolis-St. Paul. It's right, I think, right near the airport, so it's an easy in and out if you're flying in. And I'd love to see you guys and gals there. Uh, I'm going to be presenting as well on on some media issues, communication with some others that'll be there, children's health defense as well. I think Ty and Charlene Bollinger might even be coming. So that's going to be an amazing couple of days. You guys will be hanging out with us. So I'd hopefully you'd consider joining us there at that event. It's in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. We do have a big question of the day, and it relates to a big thyroid. And I'm not exaggerating. All right, here's the question of the day coming from Kay. I have a question about my extremely enlarged thyroid. I am an active 70-year-old woman and have had a very enlarged thyroid for over 15 years. I've had sonograms done every two years, but recently had a CAT scan done and discovered that it is encroaching and displacing my trachea. It's known as the windpipe, y'all, for breathing, and reaching down towards my heart. The ENT said it is the largest thyroid he has ever seen. The measurement is 12 by 6 by 4.6 centimeters. I'm being referred to a thyroid surgeon in San Antonio, Texas, where I was told that it would probably entail cutting into my chest as it is so large it can't be removed through the throat. She says then my T3 and T4 levels are good, but the the THS is low at 0.01, and I'm being prescribed methylamazole, and I take no other prescriptions. I'm reaching out to get some suggestions on things that could be helpful to shrink the goiter and possibly avoid invasive surgery. Thank you so much, Kate. Now, Kay, the, I'm at a, a, a disadvantage here because I don't know all of the things you have done over those 15 years. And clearly, if you're still having an enlarged thyroid getting larger over 15 years, everything that you've done 
I'm not going to say a blanket has not worked because maybe it would have been worse had you not done certain things. But I don't know what you've done. And when you're dealing with a thyroid that has grown so far out of its normal welcome state, I have to come back to toxicity, deficiency, etc., free radical inflammation. And you, we know that the thyroid requires selenium, just about more than anything else, along with iodine. The iodine is ineffectual without the selenium, or it's not fully effectual without the selenium. So iodine, selenium, have you been utilizing those in the right form over those years? Tyrosine is another thing to consider as well. There are homeopathic remedies we've talked about. I've mentioned many years, uh, including homeopathic iodine, which is iodum, to activate the utilization of iodine in the system, and thyroidinum, which is like a, a glandular. It's made from the thyroid gland and converted into a homeopathic remedy. Now, that's not done in a vacuum. As I say clinically, in my homeopathic perspective, it's a terrain issue always. And we say, what, what other toxicological burdens, heavy metals, other things that are present, and what can we do to, uh, to remedy that? What can we do to facilitate liver, kidney, spleen, colon, lymph function? as it relates and many times you know the thyroid is compensatory in terms of its dysfunction after you've burned out your adrenals could have that been 15 years ago and never understood the use of for instance adaptogenic herbs and i, I don't know i mean this might be a little late but the adaptogens in the super mush couldn't hurt you as far as i know we've talked about adaptogens and the various ways you can get in there but that'll help with the uh, endocrine system which includes the thyroid um, homeopathic remedies, including we talk about complexes that address the, uh, the hypothalamus, uh, thalamus, adrenals, and thyroid. Uh, the PHAT pituitary as well. So there are complex remedies we've talked about years ago with Dr. King. Have you done any of those, Kay? I just don't know enough to say, can we at this point with the enlarged growth to such a degree that it's blocking now physically the trachea, can you avoid that type of surgery? I, I don't know. But maybe if you're going to consult the surgeon in San Antonio, we can get more information. And if you want to do a follow-up and say, hey, here are the things that I've done over the years and it's still grown for 15 years, even we'll learn from that. Even the things that I might say should help and they didn't, there are other things that we could, could look at as well. So, okay, I'm sorry I can't be more definitive. If you want to reach out to uh, our good friend, naturopath Roseanne Lindsay, she's been what I consider an expert in the positive and good sense of the word with thyroid issues. And she has a, a website called natureofhealing.org. She's in Wisconsin, I think outside of the Madison area. Uh, wherever you are, she does remote um, kind of connections as well. But natureofhealing.org, if you haven't in investigated that, she's got books she's written, including Heal Your Voice, Heal Your Thyroid, if I remember correctly. So that's another resource, Kay. If there's any hope to avert the surgical intervention with a thyroid that's become so large it's impinging on your trachea, that's, that's a big thyroid. Super Don, you got any advice for Kay? Um, that wasn't no, a serious question. Not really, but yeah. wow, dude! Uh, yeah. Twelve centimeters. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like almost five inches. Yeah, that's a big that's a big thyroid. That's a big thyroid. Yeah, a goiter they call it sometimes too. But hopefully she can she can get get that taken care of. Yeah, it just there's not enough information that I can have more to definitive for her. Okay, you know, asking about that. Um. Yeah. It's frustrating when you hear these stories and you want to be able to help people that have to avoid <laughs> surgery. And, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, man. You are busy typing away. I, yeah. You know, today was a crazy day. I, I, uh, I got up my normal time this morning. Mm -hmm. 
came in and fired up the computer in my my network adapter, which is you know what what picks up the Wi-Fi signal. Yeah, was wigging out, not working and stuff. So I was unplugging stuff, plugging stuff in, trying to download and, and upload and reinstall and stuff like that. So I got I was almost like like two hours behind mm-hmm. today. So the the newsletter went out like right as we went to air, which is like three hours late. Yeah. Oh, but we have. You had a poll question of the day too, related to the recession. I did. We can do that bonus. I'm not. I don't have it like ready yet. But, ready to go. Um, okay. All right. We'll we'll cover that in the bonus round. Yeah. Is recession real or it's not or you're not sure? No. And uh, sign up for uh, the newsletter by sending a text. I almost yes. got it right. <laughs> sending, sending a text, a text message. And it's like the number two, you're going to send it to two two eight two eight. What yes. are you going to send? My initials R S B. Text RSB to 22828 and become part of our newsletter family. And if you'd like, uh, we'd love for you to consider becoming a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show. We have uh, monthly AMAs and other bonus things we get to do with you. And, uh, you know, I even called Janice back the other day. Janice, who's a, a longtime patron supporter of ours, she mm-hmm. had a question about something. And I, I, I said, we don't officially put that in there, but I so appreciate her and her support for us that I'm like, yeah, if I can do anything extra, I want to help. So, Absolutely. And the offer still stands, you guys. We're, we are at 99 patrons right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to become number 100, I will send you either a uh, Super Mush Daily Chill uh-huh. or a Super Mush Daily Immunity. Cool. These That's are the, the, the mushroom products. Yeah, this is for my own stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll throw that in. Um, and uh, you could do it for as little as four ninety nine a month. If, if, if you sign up at the $25 level, I'll send you both. Dude, yeah. We there get you, you go. some good get goodies when you do that. So thank you there for you consideration there. All right, we're going to take a brief break. For those of you on the podcast later, it's not a it's so brief, it's a blip. If, for those of you watching and listening live, it's about 60 seconds. It's not that long. I know, instant everything gratification. But uh, we'll be back, and uh, we'll be discussing a few things we didn't get to today in the show and maybe your questions. We do have an announcement from our buddy Murdoch, I think something he wants to relate to everybody so we're going to find that out too i believe so that's right so so you do want to stick around for that and tell your friends the place for health freedom and healing liberty is the robert scott bell show right here two hours a day six days a week where the power to heal is yours Okay, I've seen some suggestions also coming in for Kay, the question about the thyroid. Uh, Steven's talking about uh, before surgery, may consider uh, doing the bio, bioacoustics, photobiomodulation to determine how, the root cause and how to balance the system. And that's good. We covered that subject. And you go to soundhealthoptions.com and photonictherapyinstitute.com. So that's good. Um, let's see if there's another one. Copper. I, I didn't mention copper in that moment, but yeah, copper plays a role there too. We have that access with the sovereign copper and all right. Anything else coming up? I know we got the poll question of the day as well. Looking at other comments coming through. All right. Poll question of the day. Mm-hmm. I just threw it in there. Just, I was running late on the, on the, <laughs> on the uh the newsletter so the poll question of the day let me get to it here was 
Joe Biden and the White House say our economy is not in a recession. Hmm. Are they right? Very simple. Yes, no, and not sure. Okay. Now, I did get an email from our, uh, our loyal listener, Pat. Mm-hmm. She said, I didn't see a hard hell's no as an option. <laughs> uh, that's true. I did not put a hard hell's no yeah. on there. Um, I just assumed no would, no would be good enough, but Pat, mm-hmm. her vote was hell's no. Mm-hmm. Um, the result, let me see here. What is the result? Where am I? Okay, the result, not a surprise. And I'm sorry, I can't throw this up on the screen, but I'm, I, I didn't have it put together. But as I suspected, 83% said, no, they are not right. We are in a recession. And you know, it's interesting, uh, politically, mm-hmm. that's something that's being tossed around right now. Um, what is the definition of a recession? Right? And this gets into, a, you know, economics and, you know, and stuff and... Um, from what I've read, if you've got two quarters of a shrinking GDP, uh, that indicates that you're in a recession. So but, but right maybe now, it's the third one, but we're at that third one. It's really obvious what, yeah. what's happening here. It's a All I know is you call it whatever you want to call it. It sucks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and something's got to give. In the meantime, people are, look, people are changing their lifestyles. They are be out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I know one of the things that, you know, we talk about and, and I know you, you are a big fan of is growing your own food. Yeah. Um, that's great if you have food that's been growing, but if, you, well, that's the point. That's why we've been saying it. It's like, I know, I know it's kind of like, it's kind of like Noah standing on the ark and yeah. people are like, Hey, Come you know, it's it's- <laughs> here comes the rain. Yeah. And, and so I'm not here yeah. also to accuse them of whatever. It's not that we want to help, but you're right. If, if, as I say, if, you, if you're hungry and you're starting to grow food, it's too late. Now you have to yeah. rely on charity. Right. And Now, and granted, I could have some green tomatoes and some radishes right now, but that's not going to last it's me It's not going to be enough. That, I mean, yeah. that's where we got to step it up and get some chickens, you know, and, and we, yeah. we could all do better. And, and I, you know, I can do better. So, uh, um, you know, and by bringing people on that encourage us to do better, that show us we can, uh, hopefully we take them up on it and, and we're less, uh, let's say, victimized by what is clearly i think easy to see at this point what's happening now i don't want it to be prolonged or forever and all these people harm but i can't stop this from happening i'm not delusional that way but also say hey we've got to also find out what can we do that is more valuable you know in a in a let's say a less abundant society if we're in that recession for a prolonged period of time and if what you're doing and your job is threatened or other things the economic strat what can we do we always have to think strategize what can we do better what can we do more efficiently uh, right now, joining us in the bonus round, very exciting. No one knew he was going to do this. He didn't even know he was going to do this. It's Murdoch! <laughs> Yay! Right there, in the, and he's not at Wendy's. He's, uh, he's at, I'm just giving him some crap. We had You'd some have to have been at the AMA Inside to get joke, that joke. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, let's see. Do you have a microphone there, Murdoch? Can we hear you? No, no it's can't quiet. hear him. No microphone. So make sure you can see if we can activate you. It's not just we want to see your pretty face. We want to hear from you. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, and this is thematically what we're talking about here. What can we do that is viable and valuable moving forward that might be different or it might be an add-on to what we're doing? And also, you know, the belt tightening, being more economical, more efficient with the money we bring in and what we are willing to spend it on. That's why in a in a, in a you know, say a, a, an economy that's in recession, certain things are more 
let's say vulnerable to downturn than others people are still going to have to find a way to get food you know the, the basic staples are still going to be fine but what about those other things that people go well can i do without that can i do without that you don't know you don't want to jump into can those i cancel kind of one of my 27 streaming services that i'm subscribed to mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so you're going to see certain things yeah. if you're into the stock market you're not going to want to invest in those things i'm not yeah. into the stock market but i'm just yeah. saying as an example so murdoch did we get a microphone working for you Still nothing yet. Do you have the, the little gear icon that you can change uh, right there in your screen? I don't know that, which of That's your settings. It's, it looks like a little gear. If you click on that, you can go over to the audio. And see if, and there he is. One, two, three. Yeah, it's really yeah. hot, though. Turn it the, down. I, can, I can turn him down from here. Okay. All right. There we go. I think. It's a hypersensitive microphone. He's turned it down before because he did that in the AMA as well. I remember testing one two three yeah it's just super hot so you're crunchy can you turn down the microphone sensitivity there it is that's it you did it again Marek. thank you so you were mentioning in i think it was in the chat room earlier that you you had something to reveal or, or something that you were thinking about and i thought this might be a good time i wanted to bring you on because you're just such a cool guy we appreciate you you pushed as hard or harder than Kevin <laughs> to, to, to dish it out. And I, again, I, we appreciate that about you. And I thought if you got something to share and want to put out to the, the audience, I, I would love to have you do that now. I've been thinking a lot about what my daughter said about how is it that you can work in the mental health field and still believe in natural health. Hmm. And I've been giving that a lot of thought and a lot of thought and I've been praying about it. And so I had created a give, send, go link that shares my story about how I would like to go into Trinity Natural School of Health. Mm -hmm. And it's a big commitment. And also it's a, it's not, it, it involves a sacrifice and financial sacrifice. And I'm the only one working. Mm -hmm. So I have a go give send go page mm -hmm. and feel free to look at it. And if it resonates with you and you would like to, if you believe that this is something that you would like for me to participate in, I, I would be honored to be able to have a donation or even prayers because this is a big step for me. And if this to go into the step of being a health coach mm -hmm. would be amazing just to be able to help others, especially at my church. Mm. And at least to be able to get the conversation going, like, why are you doing this? Or did you know that this is this? And then we can get a conversation going. So you're stepping it out to expand what you already know to be helpful. And again, you are a holistic guy. Your, your, your daughter is right. At the same time, you see a lot of mental health stuff in your, in your, uh, you know, where you work that is not holistic and you know, probably is harming people. So when you know better, you want to do better. And kudos to your daughter for saying, hey, dad, look at this. What are you thinking? And now you're saying, hey, maybe I could go to Trinity School, get the health coach program started, and then begin to expand what I'm doing and be more valuable to the people in need. I think that's absolutely amazing. Absolutely. And, and it's a big step simply because, I'm, as you know, we guys don't like to ask for help. And... I'm the only one working in our family. My wife, she's been putting out applications for years and no one has wanted to hire her. 
So I've been the, the main breadwinner for the family. And I'm just thinking as though it's not about the money, as I say in my story with mm-hmm. that link. It's more aligns of how can I help people? How can I be a blessing? There's one lady that I it prompted me to start this journey because of where I work at. Once they are discharged from the hospital, I help them to find care outside of the hospital. However, I noticed that people are struggling for just trying to find the help that they need. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's on a lot of medications when she was telling me about and just trying to provide her resources. She was like, this doesn't help me. Nobody's accepting any patients for at least about six months. How is this helping me? She says, I have these stomach issues. I can't, I can't do anything about it. And you're giving me, giving me these resources. They're not helping me. And that just impacted me. It's like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know the answers that I could provide for her. Right. You know, I could tell her about colloidal silver. I could tell her about the the aloe, taking the aloe and doing that for her stomach. That could be helpful. But I, I can't do that because it's the job. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm a certified health coach and if I was to meet her again, I can say, hey, here's an opportunity for you to have your body heal. Let me mm-hmm. show you what you can do. Yeah. And, and if you all go to the Give, Send, Go, and you'll see the number that's involved to, to get help Murdoch, it's in the big scheme of things, it's it's incredibly reasonable. I've said this about Trinity. You really don't go into debt, massive debt, to, to learn these things and be able to get out there and help people and, and be compensated for it. But everybody's in a different circumstance. That's what we were talking about with Super Don. Some people would just go blank, and here you go, because they have it. And others, like you said, a single sole breadwinner for the family – by the way, what is your wife's skill set as far as, uh, you know, what she could do or wants to do as far as her job? She desires to work in office. She doesn't like office. this working from home. She's okay. office. She actually has two degrees. She's amazing as far as what numbers is concerned and mm-hmm. mathematics. She actually has an accounting degree and just door after door has just been slamming to her. And she's been at there for years. I mean, sometimes she just cries and I'm like, I pray. I'm like, God, I don't understand why this is happening. You know, I don't understand why these doors are closing mm-hmm. and he has his own reason. Yeah. So, and I I'm haven't sure even you, told her about this. Either. I haven't sure. told her about uh, this. Oops. If she, <laughs> if she doesn't watch the show. She, she won't find out until you tell her, yes. but I'm sure you have like family prayer meetings where, you know, I've talked about getting out of our own way. Sometimes we have unconscious patterns, subconscious patterns that set us up and we, we just don't know. Cause we don't know. And sometimes those, those things can be revealed to us through, you know, prayerful contemplation or communication within the family, bringing God into the conversation, as I know you always do. And uh, I, I appreciate your willingness to come out and, and say, hey, this is what I like to do. Is anybody out there willing to help? And um, thank you for that. That's not easy for a guy. Of, you know, that's what we're not we're not set up for that. I get it. You know, no, it says, uh, as, as the Lord says, Jesus said, heal thyself physician. So yeah. <laughs> I had to eat my own humble pie and ask for help because I, I need your help. If you believe in this message and what Robert's done for me, it's the least I can do. Especially if I can be able to reach people of my culture, mm-hmm. it's like, it's yeah. like, uh, others that you had on the show. I mean, what an impact that would be. Now, I don't want you to think, Murdoch, just because, you know, you come, come on or do this, that Kevin's going to be nice to you or I'm going to go easy <laughs> on you when you start throwing some stuff at us. We're throwing it right back. Don't be thinking this is not a, you know, all right. I know you know that. So 
Anyway, but that Gibson Go page, uh, Super Don, do we have that linked up somewhere or can you show it real quick visually? I don't know where you are, Super Don. He's there, but he's not there. You know, we're maybe working on I'm it. I'm here. Here oh, I Oh, there am. you are. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, I just threw the link in, the, in both of the chat rooms. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. So if you're so moved to do that, and I know there are people out there that could do that in a second and not, not blink, and there are others that, you know, to give you a little, even a little is hard, but uh, I think... Uh, I believe you're worthy, my friend. I do. And you've been an amazing part of this audience as well. And, and you know, part of the AMAs as uh, we've enjoyed yet when you could show up when not when you're not there. We, we make fun of you, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and well, I thank think you for the opportunity to be able to I, share my, my vision and my dream. I, and I think it was uh, two AMAs ago. We actually got to meet your wife and daughter. Yes, yes, yes. And hopefully... They was asking me, when are you going back on on the AMA? Because yeah, it's been a while and I actually had other things come up. So they noticed because <laughs> she's like, why is this money going to Robert? What is this? What is this going about? I told her, I said, it's to help support the show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, knowing what, what I know, this, this is an amazing thing. We are moved to do things. Sometimes we don't know from a cognitive perspective, but. The spirit can move us. And that's why I wanted you to be able to put your, yourself out there in addition to what you had said behind the scenes. And I thank you for doing that. I really do. So here's 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 an idea. Here's okay. an idea. And I just want to say, I, just, I was just over at the Gibson Go page. And uh, I can I can report that uh, Murdoch is 25% of the way there already. Oh, nice. Wonderful. Um, what I would like to, to to request, Murdoch, is that uh, we'll 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 do everything we can to get make this happen for you here. I'm putting this out. I'm going to put it out on the social media and stuff as well. Um, would you be willing to come on and give us updates about your journey of you know going to to uh, to Trinity and how things are going and how much you're you know how how the 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 course is going and so that other people can see that they can do it too. Absolutely, because then right. I can show them like, okay, this is what you need to study. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I had no idea because I mean, the amount that you asked for there, it, like Robert said, it doesn't it doesn't really seem like it's that much. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going, heck, man, I I could do that. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I think anybody could do that. It's very affordable, so I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. All right, y'all. Gauntlet has been thrown. No, no gauntlet. There you go. It's, right. The request has been made, and um, again, I, we, we appreciate you being a part of this. And um, I, I was giving you some some little bit of crap on the AMA about that's why the Wendy's inside joke was funny. Uh, but, <laughs> but you handle it so well, and and made me laugh in the midst of all of that too. Well, I appreciate you, Robert. I appreciate you, Super Don. I mean, you've given me just the gift of just being a friend to both of you, and opportunity to rib at you two and you're able to take it and i'm glad that we are at a point that COVID has actually deposited blessings to our lives when we get the chance to know each other have amas and this is truly a family and i'm just thankful for each of you yeah well, we appreciate you too beautiful beautiful all right well we're about done until Friday. We've got Dr. Sean Centers, who's going to be there at the Autism One Conference, of course, in Mesa, Arizona. Do we have anybody else scheduled tomorrow, Super D? No, no. Okay. But that's okay. We can yeah. find some stuff to talk about. we got plenty to talk about. Again, thanks, Murdoch, for uh, being on board and uh, putting that out there. All right, y'all. Yep. Any other questions or comments before we wrap it up today? I see Kevin's in the mix. 
So at Murdoch is taking a risk. That's his nickname. His nickname changes every day here. That's great. Oh yeah, there's a lot more being a lot more comments being thrown in there. So cool. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll I'll uh, be able to get the newsletter out on time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. When you open the computer and suddenly you have no access to the internet and you're trying to troubleshoot it. Remember that a few weeks back, or maybe it's a month or two now, I don't remember. I went in to get ready for the show and my computer was not working at all. Mm -hmm. And I had to set up outside in record time. It was a miracle that we got that done. That was a wild one. Well, and it's an interesting thing because with, with this situation, it was like, well, you need to reinstall your driver. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, how do I do that if I have no internet? Right, mm -hmm. but it, it it turned out that the the software was, was already on the computer, but I didn't know. So I'm you know mm -hmm. I had to, yeah. It was it was it kind of insane, but mm -hmm. computers suck, but you can't live without them either. So yeah, you do what you got to do. Saw so Jamma City wants to hire Murdoch's wife to help help him with his taxes. I think she oh, had accounting background. So see a message out maybe again. We get, we we got the uh, non jab bulletin board for jobs here, of course. No no That's jab right. job required for a jab. No jab required for a job. That's it. Because they have their no jab no job thing. We got no jab required for a job. So thank you all for being here. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I guess what else are we doing? Man, I'm done. I think for today. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can. I've been doing this what three days, two days in a row. Mm -hmm. What have you and been doing? Look at that. You triple digits again? Again. Wow. Every every day at the end of the show, it's 100 degrees. That's pretty Dude, funny. I went out this morning, uh, got up early, and went mountain biking, and it was in the 60s this morning. So it was kind of uh, actually a cool and chilly and nice. Does it not get down to the 60s at night where you are? I don't know what it was this morning. It was a little bit cooler this morning mm -hmm. than it was the previous morning, but it starts off, yeah, right, right around the 60s. Yeah. You know, and so, you know. And once again, I mean, my, my fitness levels, so I put myself to the ta test when I do these uphill climbs, and yep. I'm like, golden. I'm like, that burst training that I do still works even for that prolonged activity. After that first time I went back to mountain biking, I was huffing and puffing up the first hill I did. Then I, I got into it, and my body went, oh, this is what we're doing. And so since then, I've been good on these bike rides, too, which has been nice. So, Overachiever. Yeah, I'm just trying to look my whole story. I don't have to reiterate to you not being well in my young years. I'm like enjoying being well as long as I got the opportunity to be in. I'm going to keep working at it because for me, it's a great joy to feel the ability to do these things. And if it inspires anybody, if it annoys you, whatever, I got to deal with this. I got some good breaking news here. Yeah. Coming up from the AP. Apparently, Los Angeles County has dropped their plan to reimpose the indoor mask mandate. Whoa. Ta-da. Well, it's good for uh, Michael Baldwin because you know how compliant he is from the 10th yes. Amendment Center. He would put on that mask the moment they say, do it. <laughs> he wouldn't. Totally. So, yeah. Conformist. Yeah. No, that's good news for the people of Los Angeles that uh, maybe yeah. they're not going to succeed in the fear-mongering back into isolation and all the stuff that happened before. We'll see. But that's a good sign. I think it's a good sign. Anyway. Yep. So we'll follow up on that and more tomorrow. Make sure you text RSB to 22828 if you're not getting the newsletter. And say thanks to all those wonderful folks that support us, including you guys. And OrangeGuard, orangeguard.com.
And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, God willing, less than 22 hours from now.